I really liked, uh, I really liked the video today. Um, Tim was talking about this age, the age, the age that we're in. This is the age to proclaim the age in which Jesus has made his salvation available. This is the age in where we, the church, have the opportunity to be ambassadors and to reconcile people back to the Father. How cool is that? That's this age. And I struggled. To me, there's a tension there. There's a tension there. Uh, I've heard it my whole life. Uh, Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back soon. Anyone else heard that? Have we heard that? Uh, you know who else heard that? The disciples heard that. The disciples, they said that many times too. He was coming back soon. I, I think there's this tension. Uh, I, I hear people saying, Lord, the days are ev evil. Jesus, come back now. Come back soon. Who, who's heard that said? Who's said that? Come back now. But there's this tension, and he reminds us in that video of this tension that this is a time frame before Jesus returns that people come to know him as Lord and Savior. Right? Why are we saying come back now? If we're saying come back now for ourselves because we're tired of this wicked world, we really, do we really have a heart after the Father? Because the whole point of this time is for people to come to know Him. And so there's this tension. Do I want to see Jesus come back? Yes. Do I want to see people left behind or not with Jesus because he came back? You know, it's almost like, Father, send your son. But at the same time, Jesus, tarry so that more can come. So that more would know. Do you see what I'm saying? And if I'm wrong in this, I mean, I'm, come tell me I'm wrong. But it's this constant tension that we live in. And I appreciate what Tim was saying about that. This is that age. And so there's times where I say, Lord Jesus, come. But at the same time, especially if you're building relationships and getting to know people and sharing Jesus and they're not quite there yet, you're almost like, okay, Lord, wait, Terry, don't come yet because this one's close, right? This one's close. Don't come. He's close. She's close. Don't come yet. But if we're not actively involved in doing that, if we don't actively know someone that might be close, then I can see where we could just slip into that. No, just come now. Just come now so we can get out of this evil world. We've been here in this uh, uh, 40 days of prayer and, the, uh, and I hope that you've enjoyed it and taken time and been part of the devotions and the different things that the... National office is made available for this. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think last year was the first time they did it that I'm aware of, and uh, we, we participated and participating in this year, and I've really enjoyed it this year. Last uh, two weeks ago, we looked at this reawakening to the Spirit of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, last week, we looked at reawakening to the Church of Christ, and that is who we are and what God has called us to be. And we looked at three things specifically that we remember. We have to remember that the owner, we have to remember the owner is Jesus, and it's all about him. Jesus owns this church. Jesus owns us because we are the church. He is the head. He is our owner. The second thing is that Jesus gives us spiritual authority. He gives it to us because we're his kids, we're his kids. We're his children. He gives it to us. He gives it us. 
And we have the privilege of taking this to the world and sharing with them. I, I, I hear people, Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. Um, revival might come if we stepped out and actually shared a little bit more than we do. Jesus gives us the spiritual authority. The third thing that we looked at last week with uh, reawakening to the church of Christ was that we need to remember that our citizenship is the kingdom first. Our citizenship is in the kingdom first. That's the priority. That's what we're looking at. And, and I love that because when I, when I look at this world and remember and am reminded that it's about the kingdom first, then for me I become much more uh, world-focused. I, much more this whole world focus. That's, I didn't grow up Alliance. I came into the Alliance. And that's one of the things I loved about, love about the Alliance is our focus on the whole world. And when we're kingdom minded, we tend to be more whole world minded. But if we fall into the trap of being more focused or I'm a citizen of this country or I'm this first, then we tend to think only about right there. Then we've got to be reminded that we are kingdom citizens first. And that's where our heart lies. So we're whole world. Through this, the reawakening idea, I've talked about two different things. One, sleep. Are we really awake? Or are we sleepwalking? Are we talking in our sleep? Do we think we're awake or are we really awake? We really awake. The, the other part of that when I'm thinking about this reawakening, and I've talked about this, is the idea about our prescriptions and our glasses, and I've talked about that. And I'm holding these in particular because these are my readers. I had to break these out about four years ago. Up until that point, I didn't need them. Do you remember the day where you had to start using these? I love it because for the past four years, my wife's made fun of me for wearing these. She didn't need them. Her eyes were perfect. Until a few months ago. We went on a date. We went out to dinner. We went and ate. And then afterwards we went to Target and spent, uh, what, 45 minutes trying on readers. No kids, just the two of us. That was our date. <laughs> Woohoo! Anyone else ever done? I mean, maybe not that specifically, but Walmart, that was our date. Date night, we're going to Walmart. So, uh, so now we both have them. Um, she didn't have them for a long time. Now she does. The, the fun part for me is hers are almost as bad as mine. Um, she, she just went from, I, I've been slowly getting worse. She just jumped straight to almost where I'm at. So, um, but we needed them. And the reality is a lot of times we don't even know how bad our eyes have gotten until we put them on, right? I mean, I, I do that every day. I'm like, I could still, from right here, I can still... Okay, I can make that out. I can read that. But then I put this on. I'm like, oh, I can read that. You know, and, and, and so the challenge of this reawakening is where are we at with the Holy Spirit? Where are we at with the Holy Spirit? Have we just slowly gotten to that point where our prescription has changed and we don't realize it until we put the glasses on? And so today our focus is reawakening to the mission of Christ. And so, my hope is that each of us, individually, but as a family, will say, okay, Holy Spirit, check my prescription. Where am I at? Am I seeing this clearly? Do I need to see this better? Do I need to adjust something 
Help me to put on you so that I see your mission clearly. And, and, and we all need to be asking that question. We all need to be asking the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. Who likes to eat? Anyone? Who likes to eat? I'm going to change subjects now. Who likes to eat? Come on. Yeah, I heard it. Come on. Let's go. I like to eat too. I like to eat. Uh, I eat, I eat my breakfast sandwich on the way to work each day. When I, I'm, I'm in the car, yes, I'm just telling you right now. I got to work earlier, this was a few weeks ago. I got here and I realized as I was getting out of the car that I didn't even remember eating my breakfast sandwich. Anyone, you eat and it's just, it's because of what you got to do, you don't even remember. I didn't even get to enjoy it. I didn't even get to enjoy it. I, I, I often tell Jessica that it's not necessarily the eating that I like. I like tasting. You know, if I could just taste the food and not actually swallow it, it might help my waistline. Um, I just like the tasting. I just like to taste food. It's so good. And so when I realized I didn't even remember eating that breakfast sandwich, it was heartbreaking. And so tomorrow I've got to remember eating my sandwich. I like to eat. I like to feast. Anyone like to feast? Feast. And, and what's the difference between eating and feasting? Is there a difference? Yeah, there's a difference. We eat because we have to. We feast because we get to. You know? Uh, feast, I, we enjoy feast. Uh, in, our, in our family, we do birthday meals. We never really did birthday parties for the kids. We did birthday meals. And so it's where do you want to go eat? Or what do, you want, what, what do you want mom to cook? Yes, for dinner. Mom cooks. They didn't want me cooking it. Uh, what do you want mom to cook for you? And then maybe invite a friend or two to go with us. And so we would go. And so, so it's always a big deal. You know, so we had Isabel's birthday just a couple weeks ago, 16. And she's like, Texas Roadhouse. I want to go to Texas Roadhouse. So that's where we go. You know, that's where we go. Texas Roadhouse. And it was a feast. It was good stuff. I enjoy it. But that's what we do. Uh, holidays, Easter. Jessica, always great, good, big Easter meal. We talk about, you know, what's, what's the main meat going to be and, and all of that. Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we tend to do two feasts each time, you know. Brunch. You got to eat breakfast, right? So Jessica does this big breakfast and then we eat that and clean up. And, and, and then because we need a big meal because we can't eat our main meal till after the Lions game is over. Um, and then we eat our Thanksgiving meal, okay? So we get two feasts. And Christmas, same way, a lot of times we do the big brunch and then we do the big dinner. And so those are two feasts. And so those are times of celebrating. And I think about two just a few weeks ago, well, it's been over a month. It's been over a month. My son has been married for over a month. That blows my mind. We went up to Montana. We had the wedding ceremony. It lasted 40 minutes. And then we went to feast. Everyone came and enjoyed and saw everybody and got together and we ate a lot of chili because it was cold that day. So they ate chili. And we, we had a feast, and it was fun. And if it would have been just us, how much of a feast? Not much of a feast, but there were friends, and there was family, and it was big, and it was a feast. It was very enjoyable. I love these celebrations. I love these times where we come together, and it's not just me. It's us. It's people. And we eat together. God does the same thing. 
uh, Isaiah chapter 25 says, On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all the peoples, the sheet that covers all nations, he will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears of all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from the earth. The Lord has spoken. I like that. The Lord has spoken. Well, yes, he just said it, but it's kind of like, I just said this and I really mean it. The Lord has spoken. What did he say? A feast, rich food, the best meats, the finest wines. We're not just eating tuna sandwiches. This is the best meats. That's what the Lord is going to do. And if we know Jesus, we're looking forward to what's coming, right? To what's coming. What's coming? Revelation chapter 19. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like a loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Another feast that we're looking forward to. And we're invited. And this says, and then he added, these are the true words of God. Okay, I just said it, but guess what? I'm going to say again. These are true words. True words of God. We get to feast. We're going to get to feast with God. How exciting is that? Who likes to eat? Who likes to feast? We're going to get to do it with God. This is the cool part, is that God's table, any table, I mean, we heard Emily talk about it. Hey, if you want to get to know someone, go get coffee with them. There you go. Let's eat, right? Get together and eat. Because when you eat, it's not just, when I think about it, it's not just me and God. It's all of us and God, right? We come together. You sit down at the table. If someone, who's ever heard this? Well, you sit down, you start eating. If someone says, food must be good, why? Because no one's talking. Food must be good. No one's talking. Why? Because when we sit down to eat with others, what do we do? We talk. We build relationship. We get to know each other. How was your day? What happened to you? Let me tell you this crazy story. Or if you're teenagers, nothing. Fine. Good. <laughs> Great conversation. That's what we do when we sit down. This is what we'll get to do with, with God. We'll get to sit. We'll get to be part of this. It's about building relationship. It's about uniting, connecting. It's about our salvation. So if, your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 14, and I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to read this parable. Luke chapter 14. Stand in honor of God's word. Verse 15, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. 
At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Father, we thank you for this parable that you've given us, that we have here in front of us, that we get to read this, <laughs> this real happening of Jesus Holy Spirit, I ask that you will um, just reawaken us. Adjust our eyes, whatever it might be, so that we can be effective as a family, as individuals, for your mission. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So three things real quick, three things real quick that, that we want to look at here. Um, the first one of this is you were invited to the feast. You are invited to the feast. Who's excited about that? You're invited to the feast. Now, I, I think a lot of times because of the way we are as a culture and, and what we do with our personal relationship with Jesus, uh, we hear that a lot, my personal relationship. We see the word you here and we think you, we think who? We think me. I'm invited, right? I'm invited to the feast. Who thought that? Who thought I'm invited? I want to go. Yes, I'm invited. Yes, that's great. But I think the word here, you are invited, is really you are invited, May help you guys understand better. Y'all are invited. We can get even better. All y'all are invited. Okay, not just y'all, but all y'all are invited. Because that's what this is really about. Because, I mean, yes, I'd love to go in and sit down just me and Jesus, but how much even better for all of us to be sitting down with Jesus, right? And eating. Even better. All y'all. That's, that's really what it's saying. This should be exciting. All y'all are invited to the feast. Verse 16, 17. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who'd been invited, Come, everything's ready. Let's go. Time to eat. Let's go. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten anything this morning, so if I focus a little bit on food. <laughs> Communion just kind of got that hunger going a little bit more, you know. We're all invited. God desires for all of us to be at the table. 1 Timothy 2 and 3 and 4 says, This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. All. All y'all. Here's the hard part with all y'all instead of you. Because of you, you, yes, I want to be at the table. Um, but 
I don't know who else I want at the table with me. Well, do they have kids? Because kids just kind of run around these days and they don't just sit there and be still. And I, I want to enjoy my meal in peace. I, I don't want that noise. Are there going to be any rowdy teenagers there? They just, they just need to settle down and eat. Quit throwing the food. Quit throwing the food. Well, that person kind of, well, they dress a little different. They, they sometimes smell. Have they combed their hair lately? The problem with all y'all is we don't know who's sitting with us and so we don't always get too excited about all y'all sitting at the feast. I'm good. I'm good. So-and-so's good. They could sit there. I think we get a little nervous about this. All y'all get to sit at the feast, don't we? It's natural. It's, it's what we do. God's invited everyone. God's invited everyone. Revelation 3.20, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. You know, I find it interesting that these folks, they make their excuses, verses 18 through 20, they make their excuses. These are people that have invited. These are people that know the master. I, I believe they know him. That's why they were invited. There are people that knew him. Yet they make excuses. Reasons not to do this, not to come. Now here, here all y'all are here this morning. Why are you here? Other people have chosen, they're in other places. I don't, where are we at in our relationship that are, if we were invited and says, hey, it's time, are we going to come? Or do we have other priorities that's going to Say, yeah, it's not right for me. And so what happens? Okay, well, you're not going to come. He could have just canceled the, the feast at that point, right? He could have just, well, my friends aren't coming. I'm going to sulk. Just put it all away. We'll do it another time. Save it for left. I'll lead on it over the next week. That's not what he does. He says, okay, go find this. Go find the ones that will. Go find the ones that will. And he brings more people in. You know, sometimes there's sacrifice or surrender that comes with our relationship with Jesus. Matthew chapter 10. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We can't make excuses. We can't make excuses. We're blessed when we get to sit at God's table. Verse 15, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. We're blessed. We're blessed because we're a new creation. We're a new creation. We've been brought into his family. We're his kids. This is what we get to be. We get to eat. We get to eat. All y'all get to feast. God doesn't want to see anyone not know him. You are invited to the feast. All y'all. Second thing, you are sent to be a blessing. Verse 21. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered a servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. We get to go make the invitation. We get to go make the invitation. Is that how we see sharing Jesus as an invitation? A, a get-to thing that we get to do? 
Do we get to go tell people about Jesus? We get to go invite them to the, to the Lamb. The problem is so many of them, they don't even know. They don't even understand what they're being invited to. They don't even know. And here we are in the South, in the Bible Belt, where we think people know because this is church. This is where people go. People know church. People don't know. People have heard about Jesus, but I don't think they always know. When I was in uh, my first youth pastor position, I was up in Winston-Salem. I came in. It was a good-sized youth group. And I remember telling the sponsors, I said, listen, you guys know these kids. And I could take your word on it that these kids that have been part of this ministry have been in this ministry and they know Jesus. But as their pastor, I really need to take time and find out, do they know Jesus? I couldn't just assume it. And so I made, I set a goal for the first six months to talk with every kid that was part of that youth group and hear their story about accepting Jesus. That's what I got to do. Heard some great stories. I had some that said, nope, not there. I'm not there yet. I had some that came to know Jesus during that time. It was pretty exciting. But I couldn't just assume it. And I think that's the mistake we, we make too often. Well, we're here in the South. There's a lot. Oh, they go to church. They go to church there. They go to church there. They come to church here. Can we assume that? They've already been invited. They know. We get to be the blessing. We get to make the invitation. Romans 10, 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? We get scared of that word preaching. It's just talking. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. This doesn't just apply to international workers. It applies to all of us. I want beautiful feet. Applies to all of us. If people don't know about the feast, they can't go. We get to invite them. We get to invite them. And, and this says invite the broken. There, verse, well, if you go back to verse 13, uh, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the, li- the lame, the blind, and then repeat it at the end of 21. Go out quickly into the streets, alleys of the town, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. These are talking about people that are hurting physically, but God also wants to bring in the brokenhearted. Um, Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Do you know people out there, they may not be crippled, blind, lame, but they're just struggling and hurting. Have you given them the invitation? They need that rest. I, I, I preached on this back in August. I believe God, if we're his children, he wants us to live in peace. He wants us to have peace and he gives us that peace and he wants us to share that peace with this world because this world does not live in peace. Doesn't live in peace. We are sent to be a blessing. We get to invite. And so then the last one is this. Uh, The third one is you are called to go and compel compel. Verse 23, then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Compel them. Go further. Compel is a little bit farther. It's a little bit more of a push. I'm not big on tracks. I've seen people take their little paper tracks and leave them at the restaurant with their tip. Anyone? Usually they tip a little worse. I, I don't know. But they leave that tip and they pray, okay, Lord, use that track 
to bring someone to Jesus. Or someone say, hey, read this, it might be good for you. And they just kind of leave it there. Is that compelling someone towards Jesus? Or is that just, le- that's the, are we giving the invite when we do that? I think the content in, mo- in pretty much most of those tracks I've ever read is great. But is our lives, is that a compelling thing? Is that really showing that I really care about you? This says compel. Come eat. Come in. Come. Be a part of this. It's almost a picture. Of, it doesn't say it, but I'm like, drag them in with you. Oh, I can't drag anyone to Jesus. Compel. Do we compel people? Luke 13, Matthew 8, both say people will come from the east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Do we go farther? Further? What's the right word there? I don't know. Do we go? Do we, are we compelled to go further? Second Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. When, when, I, when I think of that word compel, I think of that word implore. That, that, that is a much stronger ask than just an invite. We think of an invite. I can post an invite on Facebook, right? But I really want you to come. You really need to come to this feast. You really need to see what Jesus is all about. You really need to do this. You you think this life has given you everything that it could give you. You think you want to party and enjoy all the good things in this life. But this life, it's going to end. It's going to be over. And after that, eternity. Your life multiplied infinitely. Come hear about Jesus. We are the ambassadors to get to do that. That's the missions God's given. And so when I think about it, Lord Jesus, this world is evil. Come back now. I'm so ready for you to come back. Lord Jesus, there's so many that don't know you yet. And you have given the church the the joy of sharing your salvation with the lost world please tarry so more people can be at the feast where's our heart in that where's our heart in that I want to brag about two people in this church four people right now four people (laughs) some of you guys you've gone you've been all over this world you've done that so, some of people, I, I don't think this is something that ever stops. There, there are people out here, they don't know Jesus. Walmart's full right now. Well, they went to the early service. They're fine. <laughs> What's God having you do right now to invite, to compel people to come to him? 
I don't, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, a lot of times we think about the youth. We're praying for the youth. They, they had their Thrive uh, retreat weekend. They've been down in the gym. They're having their closing service right now. And I've been praying for all week. But I'm praying for them now because that not only do they have this time, but then they have camp coming up. They have Family Festival of Nations in a couple weeks again where they get to hear the message about them. Then they have life coming up this summer. I'm praying so hard that some of our students are going to heed that call and say, I want to give it all. I, I want to go to people and compel them to come to Jesus. But it's not just about our students, it's about us too. I'm so excited and thankful for Andy and Trish. Two years ago at council, Andy says, I'm, gonna, I'm called to serve Jesus and to do it more than what I've been doing. And he spent the last two years doing the lead program and getting equipped to be able to do that. He leaves for France in nine days. He has opportunity. And then he graduates in June. And we're praying, okay, Lord, do you have something more for them? Do you have a place, a church, something, a ministry, something? He, he, at his age, he's a little bit older. He's not a young pup anymore. And they're saying, God, if you send us, we'll go. We'll do it. Pastor Chris and Beck, in their 40s, they're going to the Holy Lands. Amazing to me. Easily, easily could have just said, I had 20 years left. I could just stay in a church. This could, that'd be a lot easier, right? They could have done that. But in their 40s, Beck goes back to school, gets her degree, and now they're going to the Holy Lands. That's a little bit of a shakeup of things. But they've said, God, what do you want us to do? What part of your mission would you have us to do? And then they responded to what he told them. Where are we at today? Where are we at today? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? One, do you know that you've been invited to the table? If, if you don't know that you've been invited to the table, if you don't know that you've been invited to this feast, I'd love to talk to you about that and tell you what it's all about. Where are you at when it comes to inviting others to the table? Is that something that you're looking to do consistently? Do you have your radar up? Are you asking, Lord, God, today, who do I get to tell about Jesus? Or, or, I, I, or are you a little too worried about rejection? I don't want him to tell me no. Are you just sliding an invitation or are you engaging to compel them? I'm, I, you be careful in these days. You can't lay your hands on someone and drag them anywhere. Okay? That could cause problems. But are you praying for them? Are you looking for every opportunity? Are you, are you sharing the true mission and love of Jesus? Father, we love you. And we thank you that we have opportunity to have a seat at the table. And I, I pray as I look around this room, there, there are a lot, if not all of these, will be present at the table. And I'm excited about that. Uh, but we can't be content with just who we see here. We, we want to say, oh Lord, your table is so much bigger than we can imagine. And just like you want to see that table full, we want to see that table full. So Lord, help us do what we are called to do by you. 
to see that table full. Holy Spirit, give us your vision, the clear and perfect vision that we need in our lives to reawaken to your mission. Thank you, Jesus.